eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Thiefstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Gear up, Dolphin fans, because it is about to be a wild offseason. Jake and Josh are piloting this ship as we prepare for a new era of Miami Dolphins football. If you don't already, follow them on Twitter at jmendel94 and at Houts. Help our community grow by hitting the subscribe button and leaving a review. We thank you all for the support. Now let's talk some football. They did it, Jake. They freaking did it. The Miami Dolphins completed a trade with the Kansas City Chiefs. Chris Greer unloaded the bag of draft picks and got themselves superstar wide receiver Tyreek Hill. We have so much to discuss on this episode of SB Nation's one, the only Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh Show. I'm Josh Houts. That means I must be joined by the one, the only Jake Mendel. How's it going today, Jake? Josh, Chris Greer, he was reading everyone's tweets. He was listening to all the hate, and uh, he went on and made one of probably the biggest moves that the Dolphins have uh, seen in some time and traded for Tyreek Hill. I mean, I can just say it over and over again because it's such a crazy thing to think about. 
I still can't believe it happened. I mean, you put down here, we finally had our cigarette. We needed a few days to just sit there and kind of bask in all this. But, dude, what this means for the Miami Dolphins, I know you saw the trade compensation. It came out. The Dolphins are only giving up a 2022 first-round pick, a second-round pick, and a fourth-round pick this year, and then a fourth and a sixth in 2023. So I know some people broke it down with, you know, the trade charts and how that compared to the Devontae Adams trades and some of those other trades. What were your thoughts when you saw the compensation, Jake? Because, I mean, to me, I saw those fourth-rounders, you know, a sixth-rounder, and I just kept thinking about Jeff Ireland, those acorns, and I just said, I really don't care. F*** them picks. <laughs> Josh, when we uh, when we were talking about this, we said, what what did we think the trade would be? You originally, did, did you I say threw out two, two first I threw out picks? two first. I threw out two first, and then I kind of went back to, what, a first and a third. So, uh, yeah, that and was that. You were pretty close. I think I said what a uh, first for a second in Hill or something, something ridiculous like that. Uh, you're you're pretty spot on on this. And if you think about it, Josh, uh, one of the biggest gripes that Dolphin fans have had lately is the fact that uh, you do that trade with the 49ers and you don't keep your own pick. You have that you know 29th pick in the first round, and all of a sudden it doesn't matter. It actually kind of feels a little better that you're trading this pick farther in the first round, and then pick number 50. I mean, Josh. For the Javon Holland hits, for the Brandon Jones hits, I mean, I, I think this makes uh, a lot of sense just to kind of punt on a couple of them and, and bring in a guaranteed superstar. And you mentioned kind of simmering on this and thinking about this for a couple of days. Every every podcast I've listened to, every show I've listened to, uh, I think the most appealing part is that nobody's saying that uh, the Chiefs are trading Tyree Kill at the right time. Some people might think that this deal is a, a good idea for the Chiefs. It's forward thinking, sure. But nobody is saying that, hey, Tyreek Hill is a bad investment. And to me, I think that's probably the most exciting part is the fact that, you know, this isn't Mike Wallace being an 87 in Pittsburgh using our good old Madden lingo and going to Miami where he's instantly a 79, right? This is Tyreek Hill. He's a 99 and he's going to be a 99 when he gets here. And the Dolphins are going to pay him like he's that. Yeah, they absolutely did, man. This is a 28-year-old receiver, like you mentioned. He's, he's really just, you know, ascending, As if we're being honest. He did sign a four-year deal worth $120 million. He got $52.5 million guaranteed. I think that does make him the highest-paid wide receiver in football, but um, it ain't our money. We said that all offseason long, and I love that you brought up mm -hmm. Javon Holland, Jake, because I think we all saw those images going around. You know, I think Larry Tunsil even kind of alluded to it. You know, all of this came – uh, from that Laramie Tunsil trade, they ended up with Javon Holland, Jalen Waddle, uh, Tyree Kill. I think they ended up with a 2023 first round pick in there as well. So yeah. um, it's it's not apples to apples, I guess, if that's a saying. But I mean, it's just crazy to think of what the Dolphins, um, you know, again, so down on Chris Greer. I was one to admittedly say I probably would have fired him, maybe kept Brian Flores. Egg on my face, man. He went out there and he put it all on the table. And the Dolphins, I mean, they must see that this team is really just an offense away, really is, you know, just putting the right pieces around, getting the right system in there to, you know, reach that next level. And um, it's hard not to get excited. But, dude, these last few days, you know, trying to just try to figure out the words, because like you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, there has not been a trade of this magnitude in a long, long time. I know these lists are a little dramatized, but you think about that NFL top 100. I mean, Josh, in the last what? What, 48 hours, last five days, I guess, at this point. Uh, the Dolphins have gone from arguably one player in the top 100 on that offense, being Jalen Waddle, to, you know, up to three. You think Armstead, if he's healthy, he becomes that guy. And Tyree Kill is another guy in that offense. And it's just kind of a funny twist, Josh, after so many years of wondering who's going to, you know, step up, which player is going to grow. We're just going to kind of try to throw in guys and, and hope it works. But for everything I'm seeing, man, it seems like, it's about as foolproof as possible, and I feel like that's too good to believe. 
Yeah. And I mean, I guess we'll sit here at the end of next season and miss the playoffs and be the same old Dolphins, but I'm (laughs) going to be stoked because at least they went out there and they tried. I have to laugh because I don't know if you saw the way Hill's contract was structured, but I think the last year was like a $50 million cap hit. A lot of people are speculating that this thing gets restructured in uh, 2023. But I remember back when Mike Wallace got traded, the excitement I had at the time, that is how we should be feeling about what Tyreek Hill is going to bring this offense. Uh, Last season, He caught 111 of 159 targets for 1,239 yards and nine touchdowns in his sixth season with the Chiefs. Hill has caught 479 passes for 6,630 yards and 62 total touchdowns. Um, I did throw out that since 2017, Hill has seven career 150-yard games. Uh, Since 2008, the Dolphins have only had seven receivers combined for seven 150-plus-yard games in total. So, again, a game-changing player that you have to think Mike McDaniel has some kind of – I joked, and I told you a little bit, he's almost building a Madden Ultimate team, man. You mentioned how they have these top 100 players. When you rearrange this roster in Madden, you start to see the X factors and how meaningful these players are. It's like a little kid who just grabbed his mom's credit card and went out there and just started buying the groceries – building his ultimate team. So I can only imagine the way they're going to utilize, uh, you know, Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, Mike Gesicki. I mean, the explosive running backs they brought in. Dude, you have to have goosebumps. And then you think if the defense can just become exactly what they've been these last few years, you know, maybe not take a step back. Dude, the sky is the limit. But again, we'll be missed. We'll miss the playoffs and we'll be sitting here with egg on our face. Yeah, man. It always it always goes back. Uh, but I do want to ask you, how how does this impact offense? I mean, it seems like a silly question, but you think about what uh, Hill's talents, he can catch the ball at the line of scrimmage. He can catch the ball 10 yards down the field and he can catch it 30 yards down the field. He's a very versatile player. Uh, the only thing I'm not sure is if he can catch the ball in his own end zone. Uh, hopefully we won't have to figure out about that one like we did with Jalen Waddle. Uh, but Josh, you think about this, the speed that this team is going to have. I think the key here and I'm going to be excited to see is how Mike McDaniel can kind of pick on opposing defenses pick on opposing cornerbacks where you can line it up I don't know maybe you have Tyree Kill do two you know just long balls simple just nine routes go uh and then the next play you have Jalen Waddle do the same thing you're using everyone you're keeping everyone fresh you're keeping those legs healthy on each and every play even though they're all staying on the field I think that's gonna be pretty exciting to see uh because man I don't know how you keep up with all that speed Yeah, I don't know how. And then you got to think about it, though. Mike McDaniel, based on everything we've heard, you know, he loves to run the football. They want to be run heavy. So what does that mean when you have these two explosive burners? I mean, Jake, we both play Madden. We know how devastating those crosser routes are in man coverage. Can you imagine defenses, like you mentioned, just trying to track them down all game long? It's exciting. Um, and let's be honest, it's setting to a turn of a little up to have success. I mean, everyone's saying how this is a negative thing to him. You know, no more excuses for Tua. It honestly took you signing to Ron Armstead, Tyree Kale, and all these other things to now say that he has no more excuses. <laughs> if you had to do all that, then clearly there was a problem there. So Tua should go out there, you know, with all these new weapons, with that arsenal, be the player that we expect. But I think what we do have to look at, Jake, is the fact that they did keep both those first round picks next year. There is yep. a very loaded draft class, some of the best quarterbacks coming out next season. So if for some reason Tua goes out there and and doesn't take that next step that this coaching staff wants to see. You have this explosive video game type offense in place to go out there and then draft the quarterback that Mike McDaniel wants, and he can come right in and plug and play. Again, that's you know a whole season down the road, and I think Tua is going to take the next step. But, dude, they are doing everything they can to put this offense, um, to put Tua in the right place to succeed, and that's the complete opposite of what Brian Flores did for three years. Instead, Josh, he decided to start players like Jesse Davis. And it's something we said, and I think we'll still defend it, that we thought Jesse Davis was one of those guys you'd love to have as your Perfect sixth, six, your seventh yeah. guy. The, the versatility there is impressive as hell with him. But when you're starting him 16, 17 games, I mean, he is so easy to get picked on. You can kind of uh, attack him. I mean, he was 
responsible for some pretty uh, rough pictures we saw on Twitter. So, Josh, in order to kind of keep this money flowing for the Dolphins, uh, they cut Jesse Davis. They cut Alan Hearns. Uh, Hearns was someone, man, uh, he just could never, ever stay healthy. I wanted him to succeed so badly. He was so much fun to watch, but it just seems like there was always bad luck on his side. Yeah, and I think when you uh, the Cedric Wilson signing went down, I think I said he was almost like a similar player to Alan Hurts, maybe yeah. a little more souped up. So we saw these both these cuts, let's be honest, coming from a mile away. There are still some other players they could cut. And we have Adam Butler, Seathan Carter, Greg Little. Uh, there's still a decision to be made there on Eric Rowe. So, um, again, I think I've been admittedly too hard on Jesse Davis. A lot of that probably is from seeing him play you know, right tackle to his blind side and just you know getting knocked out of the Bills game. Some of the other – you know. <laughs> we know why we've been down on Jesse Davis, but I think the stat was what 72 games he's played for the dolphins in his years starting. So, I mean, this is a player that can go to a team and start. I mean, he could, he could be a decent guard in the league, right? I mean, I just think the issue is you do not want him protecting your uh, quarterback's blind side. And again, that all falls on Brian Flores and that coaching staff. Another thing, Jake, uh, that a lot of fans were kind of speculating what happened by, Byron Jones restructured his contract. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but um, I don't know if you saw it, man, but he said, uh, I think he posted like, I restructured my contract just to get beat in practice every day by Tyree Kill with like clown emojis <laughs> and stuff. So um, he's having some fun. All these defensive backs, Brandon Jones, Holland, they're all kind of uh, making light of the situation that they're going to be sweating their ass off trying to cover Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle in that hot Miami weather. Wasn't there a video going around that Tyree Kill was already partying with Jerome Baker? Is, there it, was, is that yeah, something I yeah, saw? <laughs> there was. And they were doing like a, a dance around the pool or something. I mean, dude, it's... It, cocky dolphins, you have to right? enjoy this stuff like the dolphins are like it's mathematically impossible for them to lose games right now. you have to go out it. there and at least enjoy this for what it is and it's an exciting time and josh i do have i want to bring this back to mike mcdaniel for a second because tyreek hill he met with the media on friday i believe it was um and he w- basically said who when a reporter asked him if the jets were ever going to be an option for him. And you look at the two teams, Josh, the jets and the dolphins, you can look at Miami to New York and that's kind of a no brainer right there. But I want to ask you this. Do you think there's anything to the fact that the jets, Robert Sala, a defensive minded team compared to Mike McDaniel, the offensive mind, the innovator, the guy who just spent, you know, $60 million on a left tackle, this team that's finally investing on that offensive side after seeing that, you know, no surprise, Brian Flores three years really invested on that defense. So do you think there was anything to that, that appeal of having that offensive guy in place as the head coach is already paying a little bit of a bonus towards the Miami Dolphins? For sure. But I mean, I think ultimately money talked, but we can sit here and spin it Good, as yeah, though he, sure. we get, you and I are going to, at least I'll spin it as though he picked Tua over uh, Zach Wilson, right? We'll just pretend that was the deciding factor there. I think Tyreek Hill said he had family there in Miami, so he ca- called it home. So, um, dude, I don't know if you saw, but not so sports center something throughout like a, the Jets banner in the offseason. It was like almost traded for Tyree Kills. So that's <laughs> it's just nice to be on the other end of that, man. But um, one thing, and I don't want to sit here and start saying Tyree Kill and Debo Samuel, he's you know that it's going to be the same type of role we saw in San Francisco. But I'm kind of getting a little excited, man. When Tyree Kill was asked the way he'd be utilized, you know, he said Debo Samuel's a freak athlete. I'm excited. That's all I'm going to say. And I think Drew Rosenhaus later when he met with the media kind of again said he saw, you know, Kansas City utilized him very well, but he's excited to see how they can make him a Debo in Miami. So I don't know if you had any thoughts on that, but dude, we, there was so much to take away from these press conferences. Um, one of my favorite things was Teron Armstead rocking that Dan Marino jersey. What were your thoughts? 
I love how Debo Samuel's become a label. I don't know if you've noticed this, but every time the Dolphins make a move, whether it's a left tackle or fullback, I ask, hey, are the Dolphins going to use this guy in a Debo Samuel role? <laughs> I just think it's so funny that we look to this one guy. Yeah. Uh, and all, we want is, and all we want is a guy to line up in the backfield and take a handoff, right? Isn't that what people <laughs> mean by Debo Samuel? <laughs> they just want one handoff, like a couple of plays in Madden. running back. <laughs> yeah, just line them up back there. That's all anybody means by that. <laughs> this is not in the shotgun on fourth and one and have it be in Malcolm Brown. But the thing I think that we're kind of, if we're playing shoots and ladder, this is absolutely a shoot that we're trying to say about Mike McDaniel and Debo Samuel. It goes back to a quote I think McDaniel had when he first joined the Dolphins. He was talking about his time in Washington and how – when they had RG3 and they really blew up with RG3, he said he had no experience of RPO before that year. This is someone who said that uh, they basically all gathered together and taught themselves how to run this offense during the offseason. I think that's kind of what we saw them do with Debo Samuel, where he's able to explode on the seat on the scene because you spend that offseason studying, figuring out the strength of your guys. And that's why, man, I'm excited to see how they can use all the speed. Obviously, only one guy can have the ball, but how we're going to see them take advantage of mismatches. And dude, I can see a lot of I don't know if you remember what year was it? 2016, 17, where uh Pittsburgh Steeler linebacker lost his lunch. I could see a lot of that happening in Miami this year. A lot of, yeah, dude. Did he, was that Timmons? Didn't they sign yeah. him then? And then he got lost like the airport or something. <laughs> yes. um, one thing I do need to say before we move along here is, dude, everyone keeps thinking that Tyreek Hill is just this, you know, blazer that just gets these 50 plus yard receptions. That's not how it is at all. I'm throwing out the mm-hmm. Philly game from last year. I got Cleveland coming up, but I think someone threw out there. He had a lower depth of reception than Devontae Parker and Gesicki last year. So, um, you know, we've heard Mike McDaniel talk about the yak and how much meaningful that is. Um, you know, everyone thinks, oh, Tyreek Hill's coming to Miami where his career's, you know, going to die because they make jokes that Tua can't get the ball to him. Dude, this guy is going to be uh, he's going to be a game changer. Last thing about the pressers, Jake, Teron Armstead said, uh, you know, both of them, both Tyreek Hill and Teron Armstead said, uh, Tua Tungvaloa is one of the most accurate quarterbacks they've ever seen. And then Armstead said he doesn't know how uh, Breeze and Tua's relationship is, but he would love to connect them. So uh, that's the last thing I'll talk about. What were your thoughts when you heard that, man? Because I was ready to run through a freaking wall. Man, I would say the same thing if I just got sixty million guaranteed dollars. See, you're always football. you're always the bad cop. I'm the good cop. I'm not. I'm not saying it's a bad, the bad thing. Cop. I, you're, yeah. I, I'm just saying, you know, he's not going to come on and be like, yeah, why did they take Justin Herbert? He doesn't, have, he, doesn't have Drew in, he doesn't have Drew Brees in his backpack is what you're saying. He's not going to come the first day and like, hey, guys, I brought Drew. <laughs> Well, no, it, it's a good thing. You love to hear it, and fans are going to eat it up. Uh, I'm going to lose my mind the, the first things. time they show him and his um him and his molar on the sideline during a, a Dolphins game, where he's going to be wearing Dolphins gear for the first time in his career. Something we've always always envisioned. <laughs> Just hope it's not <laughs> it's, raining. It's, Just hope it's not raining that day, right? What was it? Five interceptions. <laughs> Dude, you're haunting us. You be like, we're, I'm getting supposed a- to be escaping this stuff. Yes, you're right. I'm just too excited, man. Hey, don't hold anything against us. We're just on cloud nine. I can't believe Tyreek kills a dolphin. And right after Teron Armstead, what, what is happening, dude? The world's going to truly end. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. So what do you think of Josh? Greatest show on surf, Legion of Zoom, 
Did you then, see mine? <laughs> you're gonna have to say that one. Okay. Yeah. I. I mean, apparently, Legion of Zoom and the Greatest Show on Surf get people mad because other fan bases may have used that. I just joke to a souped-up Speedy Super Friends. I don't. I don't know, man. I. I don't have a nickname right now. We'll figure something out by the end of the year. But just hopefully, this all comes to fruition, right? Hopefully, we're not sitting here laughing at this offense. You know, seven weeks into the season when we're zero and seven or something. I cannot imagine, like, I try, I've even tried to do that, but I just keep going back to the fact, I mean, I was listening to the PFF podcast, man, and uh, they were basically saying how Tyreek Hill, his stat sheet could be three different things and nobody would really bat an eye. He could be a Wes Welker where uh, he gets that yak. He has 10 receptions for 130 yards and two touchdowns. He could be that Randy Moss who has four catches for 60 yards and three touchdowns. It's just such a unique player. And I think you made that great point uh, a couple of minutes ago about the fact that isn't just going to be, you know, those deep balls. He can do so many different things on the field. He's being paid like Devonte Adams. There are people who say he is the best wide receiver in the league. You are not the best wide receiver in the league. If you can just run in a straight line. No. And you mentioned Wes Welker, man. I mean, I was excited to think about, you know, Wes Welker working with Jalen Waddle. Now he's working with Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle. I mean, yeah, goosebumps. Did you have a nickname that you preferred out of those that you said? Was there one that you preferred? I said I kind of like the surf just because Mostert does a celebration, and uh, I think it's Mostert, right? I don't know. I you know how I am with names. Either way, he does a surf <laughs> celebration after he scores, and um, uh, yeah. So, uh, what were your thoughts? Um, I think the fact you called them souped up, speedy, super friends with a Z. I think yeah, the Z was edgy changer. enough to kind of take the cake for me. <laughs> I th- I think that did it for me. I kind of like the greatest show on surf. Uh, but if it's kind of, if we want something unique and special to the dolphins, if we know that the greatest show on surf has been used before, you'll never find another group of two as souped up speedy super friends, no chance in the world. Yeah. And I picture them all wearing like, um, you know, superhero outfits with like rings on or something. I don't know what I'm picturing in my head, but it would be. <laughs> Eric's a cheetah. We just, yeah. they have these really like, like, I don't know, cartoon outfits on kind of like your banner on Twitter, basically at yeah. H-O-U-T-Z house. At H-O-U-T-Z. Um, another thing we got to talk about, Jake, you mentioned it. I mean, we kind of all kind of thought if the Dolphins bring in wide receiver help, we never expected to be Tyreek Hill, but Devontae yeah. Parker, man, you hear, I think Miami Herald, Barry Jackson's talking about it. One of the teams was the Eagles have to also throw out the Packers, which you talked about. So um, what are your thoughts on that? What might be compensation? I mean, because I think the contract was two years, 12, you have it there. Josh, the interesting thing about Parker is we're at a point where I look at what the Dolphins receiving core has done the last couple of years. And we've entered each year thinking they're talented. And again, the expectations are through the roof this year compared to years past, but Devonte Parker, he's on your books for the next two years, about 9.5, nine mil uh, each of the next two years. That's a very attractive contract. I've been saying it, I think for a while now to going to go just pat myself on the back for that one, that this is a great trade for the Packers. We've been hoping, or I've been expecting this trade for a couple of years now, but man, you look at that receiving core and you wonder if you're stuck, you know, Jalen Waddles out one game, two games. I mean, you can't expect, football players to play 17 games that Devonte P- Parker contract, I still think is a great one to have. So I got to ask you, man, are you, would you trade Devonte Parker? Would you give up that little bit of awesome depth you have at this position now in order to kind of free up some flexibility, maybe get a third, second round draft pick. Would that help you more this year than someone like Devonte Parker? That's a great question, Jake. I, I think you're right. When you look at the contract, when you look at different receivers, perhaps going down throughout the year, and you also have to look at Devonte Parker, just having a completely different skill set, right? I mean, he's that mm-hmm. larger body. He's again, I call him the quote unquote wide receiver one because he fits that mold. But um, I mean, who would else would be better to help 
this entire offense, right? You got Parker, then you got Tyree Kill, then you got Jalen Waddle, then you got Mike Asiki, then you got Lynn Bowden, then you got Cedric Wilson. I mean, that sounds much more uh, sexy to me than if you take Devontae Parker out of there. So I've always been a fan. I know it's called, it goes up and down. I mean, that's just what we do as fans, right? That when they're playing bad, we're on their shit. When, you know, when they're good, we're their biggest cheerleaders. But I've been a pretty big fan of Devontae Parker, and I think he'd be much more, he'd help the Dolphins much more this year than maybe that second or third round draft pick. And I think he kind of can play that role that, hey, you look at what was happening in Kansas City. It was Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. You kind of expect Mike Gesicki to be that guy. Uh, you look at San Francisco, it was Diva Samuel and George Kittle. So I do wonder if there's going to be that opportunity because, Josh, I think we have said in the past or a lot of other people have said that uh, Devontae Parker and Mike Gesicki, the way they play football is, is really similar. Uh, they have that same skill set. So I wonder if there could be an opportunity here for him to come in and have that big role, maybe not the highest usage, but find his way to six, seven touchdowns just for being that physical red zone target that the Dolphins are able to create space for. And then you can trade him next year. I just kind of would like to see this offense have as much talent as possible. Yeah, and I, I did say that maybe he'd be more valuable at least this year than that second or third round pick. But when you look at this draft, man, I mean, if you can get a second rounder, which again, that might be a little too high for Devontae Parker, then you could find his replacement. So that won't be the worst thing. But I think if you're going in 2022, you know, with them trying to, go out there and clearly make their presence felt in the AFC. You would want Devontae Parker on that offense. Before we wrap it up, Jake, I hate that we're even talking about this. I think, you know, the rumors now have kind of steadied down, but sometime over the last 48 hours, the a guy that first reported Tom Brady to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sent out a tweet saying, you know, I think Tom Brady might be playing a little further south this year. Also went on the radio and pretty much said verbatim that you could quote him that the Miami Dolphins were working on a deal for Tom Brady, they didn't know if it was going to get done this season. So just give me your thoughts on that, man. Cause we've heard for what the last two years now, there's been Tom Brady linked to the Miami dolphins. We heard Steven Ross pulled out the yacht to have like a private meeting with him. What are your thoughts on this? Because um, I want to say there's no way in hell it can happen, but we would have said the same thing about Tyree kill. Wouldn't have we? Exactly. It's kind of that thing too. I mean, there's so much smoke. There's gotta be some sort of fire brewing about it. And at this point, man, the NFL is changing so quickly where these trades are becoming more and more popular where what's five months ago, we'd have no idea that this is what the NFL looked like. So I really not going to say no way, never going to happen, but I have a hard time seeing it happen this year. Dude, if Tom Brady ends up playing for another four or five years, I could still so see him being Brett Favre on the Jets could be Tom Brady on the Dolphins. I could see that being a possibility if Tua maybe doesn't work out. I don't know. So Jeremiah Bell's going to knock his ass to Minnesota. Is that what you're saying? Because I think <laughs> yes. that's how I think that's how Brett Favre's Jets career ended. Um, I think you mentioned 2023. I think that's when Brady's contract's up next year. So if this thing was ever going to happen, maybe it'd be next year. And then, you know, you have this entire season to sit there and get a true judgment over Tua Tagovailoa. So that I guess that won't be the worst thing, but it's just crazy, man. Let Tua go out there and play. I mean, it was Deshaun Watson for over a year. Now you got Tom Brady. I mean, could you even be mad if could you be mad if you were Tua if they brought in Tom Brady? Like, what could you say? It's Tom, you know, it's Tom Brady, right? You can't be that upset. They just brought him in. I mean, <laughs> there's it's, there's really, it's the business, it's man. Tom it, Brady. It, you kind of go back. Yeah, it's the last business, thing. Would you Tom buy Brady. would you buy his jersey? Would they unretire Greasy's number? And would you buy that jersey? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I think Jay Cutler might be the only Dolphins quarterback jersey I ever purchased. Right. I would I would purchase a Tom Brady wearing like a number two. I think that'd be pretty, pretty badass. <laughs> I, I'd buy that if he became a Dolphin. <laughs> I, I could I could see a nice two. I could see him rocking that. But man, we're we're going too deep into this. I hope I hope that this is an offense where um, we're high it's not off a situation. Kill. That's what we are. 
it's I think it's gonna be an offense, Josh, where we're not we we shouldn't expect to see highlight plays from Tua every week. I don't think it's gonna be that type of offense, no matter what he turns into, if he's the quarterback for the next four or five years. I see Jimmy Garoppolo at his peak, and we should not see that as a bad thing. This is a guy when healthy was in an NFC championship game and an NFC uh, and a Super Bowl appearance. So I kind of, man, I'm just praying that no matter what we're saying about the quarterback, it doesn't have anything to do with, you know, the wide receiver play, the offensive line play, that he was able to make some throws. Yes, he's going to have some misses for every, you know, truck of a Jets player we want to throw out there. There is the counter. I just threw it into a linebacker's gut. So I, man, I'm excited to see this offense and what Tyree kill brings, because I think it's going to make those throws in the gut less likely and make a pretty clean offense where, you know, 47 year old Tom Brady playing in it should probably be able to make it work. Let's hope. Yeah. So translation let to a cook is what I heard there, right? Let's yeah, let's exactly. go out there and just, uh, you know, be to, I'm with you, man. I remember before you mentioned how you could see him being Dak. And at the time, I don't know if I thought Dak was on a whole nother tier or something, but when I was watching Cedric Wilson, you know, going back and trying to see what Kellen Moore did, you know, you kind of see maybe, you know, Dak isn't that elite quarterback that I once thought he was. And maybe, you know, to a time low isn't too far off from that. So I think that, you know, bringing Teddy in here could push him. Right. I mean, that's just seems like a whole nother thing that's going to eventually come to a head spin right we're gonna have people starting to bang the table for teddy bridgewater but we are way down the table for that dude without power and, and info hungry twitter as well we'll be on that uh i think we'll they're be on that train probably yeah yeah like early next week probably we'll be settled with the fact they just traded for like the best receiver in the league and signed arguably the best one of the best left tackles. Well, we'll start complaining they might that not they be signed done. a good backup quarterback. They might not be done. I have heard, you know, people are tweeting little honey badger emojis and other <laughs> things like that. So who, who knows, man? I mean, again, we never expected Tyree kill and, um, hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. You and I are both, you know, on cloud nine about after this trade, man, we were sitting there doing that podcast. We should, we should probably should have waited another 30 minutes, right? If we would have stayed on 30 minutes, yep. we would have had the perfect podcast, but um, it, it, just our lucky would have got traded to the jets. And then the entire podcast would have been scrapped. So sad, dude. It would have been so sad, but guys, thank you so much for joining us. If anything does happen, I mean, Josh will have the photoshops, the gifts ready at H A T Z. Hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast because we've been a little jumpy on when we record shows. We like to kind of follow the news uh, and kind of see how things go. It's been a wild offseason, Josh, and it's only going to get better from here. I hope. I don't know. If it gets better from here, dude, I, I what, what else could they do? I mean, holy crap. J.C. Treader, get a right tackle, right? That would be what they could do. But thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Jake and Josh Show. I'm Josh Houts. That's Jake Mendel. We'll talk to you next time. Fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're 
Cause we're the Miami 